0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org.
1: Amen. Hey, let's give the worship team another round of applause. That was fun. Well, happy, happy Father's Day. And if you didn't notice, uh, we've got Josh Merrick on our team now. He drove all the way in from Indiana to be a part of this church, so he'll be serving as our new worship leader. Let's give him a warm North Valley welcome. Yeah. So... I, re- I love this guy. I'm really pumped. So in two weeks, I want to encourage you to come back because we're going to get to tell Josh's whole story. And so uh, <laughs> so it'll, it's a really cool story. So I'm, I'm pumped. Somebody said earlier, they were like, okay, you guys got the exact same haircut. And I'm like, hey, man, Just to that. G- keep it cool. <laughs> so but thanks for being part, Josh. So next, a couple, couple weeks from now, uh, not this coming Sunday, but the, the following Sunday, uh, I'm going to get to interview Josh and so you can hear his whole story, how God's worked in his life and what, uh, what inspired the guy to drive halfway across the country to be a part of North Valley. So we're just honored and thrilled to have him be a part of this next season here at North Valley. Well, today's Father's Day, so we do have a special opportunity for you dads. Um, if you would, take out your program. And ladies, uh, for your husbands, if you guys have kids, you can help, help your husband with kiddos. Uh, take the Connect card, fill it out, every one of us. And then uh, on the back, there's little sections as comments, questions. Uh, we have a special chance for you to enter to win. Just some great barbecue for a uh, dad. So we're doing a dinner for a dad in each of our services. Uh, enter your chance to win, and we'll just send you a nice gift card. Uh, we're going to do kind of just put everybody's Connect card in a hat draw it this week, and then send one of those dads uh, a really nice dinner uh, at Pork on a Fork Barbecue. How many of you guys have eaten there before? Good stuff. So I want to encourage you just to do that just for a moment, and then you can fill those out. And then on the comment section, what you could do is just write BBQ, barbecue, and uh, for your, enter your chance to win some good old barbecue from Arizona, some of the Valley's best barbecue just right down there on Deer Valley. So we'll send that out here um, this week to one of you lucky dads. So before we get started in today's message, uh, I want to invite up a couple of special guests. Um, I promised to give you a campus update. So you can see our campus uh, is uh, right here. And so uh, I asked you guys if you guys would be praying. Uh, We've got a a group of uh, storage unit developers that really want to develop both sides of that property. And um, I've got a a number of important, really important meetings uh, over the next couple of weeks and ask that you just pray for for us in in kind of those meetings and I'll keep you posted on the progress. But our hope and desire would be is that a land banker or a large donation would be able to come in to help secure those properties to better uh, protect our Sunday morning operation so we don't have boats and RVs driving into our uh, Sunday morning experience and also that we would be able to position the church for future growth. So just ask that you continue to pray uh, for us on that, and I've got a number of important meetings I want you to be uh, just in the loop of that, um, and I'll keep you updated as we go along. As well, this morning, though, um, I have a couple of special guests I want to bring up, Uh, Ray and Ann Finch and Todd Kehoe. They serve on our campus to work, so if you guys would welcome them up, that'd be great. All right. And this is, uh, we've got a special day coming up. If Todd, could you grab that mic right there? Um, we've got a special day. You can look on your program there. It's called a Family Serve Day. And so, um, Ray, you serve on our grounds uh, with your wonderful wife here. And you guys. and sh- Yes, Ray and Ann. Why don't you share a little bit about what you guys do on the campus?
0: Sure. Uh, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Uh, this is the grandfather cool haircut look. Just just <laughs> wanted to throw that in there. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm the grounds keeping uh, lead. Uh, it's a fairly new position. Yeah. Todd's been doing it from day one. Um, I signed up in October and Ann and I kind of went in with both feet in the frying pan. And uh, i just like to say we got nine amazing acres that needs to be maintained. The landscaping is immense. If you have not walked it, uh, look me up. I'll, I'll take you on a nice journey. But uh, we do anything from sprinklers to the oleanders. We're raking. We're blowing. We're doing sprinkler systems. Uh, Just to mention a few things, a chainsaw or two. Uh, I have a a small team currently that helps support the campus. There's like six or eight of us. Um, That's just the grounds keeping. Of course, we also have the parking lot. We need to grade it. We need to water it. We need to keep it weed free. So there's a lot, a lot of work to do. So we're going to do a sign up in the back um, after service. Yeah. For anybody who wants to help, yeah. we'd love to have you on the team. Uh, honestly, I won't have you here eight or ten hours on a Saturday. We'll try to keep it to a couple hours at a time. But I'd like to uh, shout out to everybody who serves on that committee. If you're out there, you want to stand up and we can give you a round of applause. You've been doing it. Uh, uh, amazing job yeah. there, Tom. Tom, I see Jay over on the other end putting up the signs every every weekend. Anyway, um, Ann doesn't. Ann's always out there with me. It's not just a guy's thing, right? It is it, uh, the youth are welcome. We, we're we going to do a July 14th um, family, family day, day. Yep. and we're going to get dumpsters out here. We're going to have rakes and brooms and blowers and uh, chainsaws and everything going. We have still a lot of work to go back but over But we want
1: to just use the chainsaw, let the youth use those,
0: right? Yeah, well, Ann hasn't used the chainsaw just yet. Joking. I won't let her.
1: Just girls and yeah. kids
0: get to use chainsaws. Yeah. But uh, on, on that, that uh, Saturday morning, we're going to start at 7. If you get here a little early, I'm going to make uh, my amazing breakfast burritos. Right, Dale? Dale's had my breakfast burritos before. Um, bring your wives. Bring your kids. If we have just the little ones walking around with a grocery bag and picking up trash and leaf litter, uh, every little bit helps. So there's a sign-up sheet for both being on the team as well as the family day. like to see you there. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And then let's, let's hand it over to Todd. Todd, you've been working with us for quite a while now. You've put in a ton of hours, probably 10, 15 hours every single week just to maintain this campus. You guys need to know the church doesn't have some robust budget just to hire and, and, and do everything. So, you know, this is the, the people have always asked me, how, how did the church get to where it's at? And I always say, sacrifice and service. You know, when people are serving and people are sacrificing, some gave all and all gave some. Uh, that's how this, this church has worked. And you've been a great example of that, laying down an incredible amount of service every single week. Why don't you share with the church kind of what you do on a weekly basis and what the campus maintenance looks like a little bit for you on your end?
0: I love this church, and this church needs lots of love. Um, I do everything from tr- trash pickup to removal, trash removal of all the buildings and to grading the parking lot so keep the dust down at a min- minimum. So I've been doing that on a on a weekly basis, and again, like Ray said, he makes great burritos for breakfast. Um, there's a sign-up sheet. We got this for volunteers right over in the corner, and you guys will be be there to yeah. talk about yeah. it. Over. And it's for anybody. Anybody that's got two feet and two hands, yep, it's good work.
1: So there's two things kind of going on. What they're talking about is, one is, I know that in our first service, we kind of represented facilities. We got a uh, Steve Sutton oversees all our facilities. Um, at a volunteer level as well. And Todd, you fill in the gaps on everything and a number of you volunteers as well. But we need trades guys, right? We need guys that have specific trade skills or they have a high interest in one area or another. So we need some tradesmen to join the, join the team or trades gals. But then we also, uh, on our family serve day, that's for anybody. You don't it's have to anybody. have some special trade or anything like that. You just show up and then we'll be able to do something together, to serve together. Is that right? Yeah. I plan on being there because I definitely want some of those burritos. My kids are too, so we're looking forward to it. All right. All right. Let's give them another round of applause. Thank them for being a part of this. All right. So I want to encourage you after the service today, meet some of the team right over here. Uh, We call that connection corner. And there's also a little banner right there. that says new here, start here. Um, but that is the connection corner. I'll be over there, and then a couple of the guys and gals from the team will be over there as well to connect. So, well, this morning we are in uh, Psalms 116, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, so if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open it up. I love the Lord is the very beginning phrase of this passage of Scripture, Psalms 116, one through two. The psalmist David writes, and he says, I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore, I will call on him as long as I live." That Bible verse had a tremendous impact on my life. It kind of captured a little bit of my story. Um, when I was 18 years old, um, I became a Christian in the back country of Colorado, and uh, I had a river guide uh, friend that was a Christian, and he would just breathe Scripture. It's like every word he said was was from God's Word, and it made such an impact on my life. I became a Christian, 18 years old, went back to Little Rock, Arkansas, led my brother to Christ and some of my best friends to Christ, and then ended up working back at at this adventure company in Buena Vista, Colorado, and and, and began to use my life, to try to share about God's goodness, His grace, and His mercy. So I wanted a way in which I could share my testimony every day. My job was as a river guide during the summers, during my college years, was to take a group of students and adults uh, down the Arkansas River, Class 3, Class 4, Whitewater, every day. We'd do two half-day trips, so we could get 16 to 20 folks uh, down the river. Uh, And then uh, sometimes it would just be a full day so what I decided to do is I got this passage of scripture uh, embroidered on my life jacket. So on the back of it, it just says that Bible verse right there. And so as I would be rowing down the river, uh, these individuals would say to me, "Um, so obviously you love the Lord. And I say, yeah, I do. I love the Lord because he heard my voice. See, God responded to me when I cried out and I was in trouble. And he heard ryan's voice he didn't he doesn't look down from heaven and just have humanity's voice he has names and individuals the bible says that god knows every hair on your head that he knows the sound of your voice he knows what you look like what you sound like i love the lord i would tell people i love the lord cuz he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy if anybody needed mercy and among my friendship group it was ryan rice And when I became a Christian, it was controversial in my own hometown because people couldn't imagine that Ryan became a Christian. I needed God's mercy. You're going to learn today that King David needed God's mercy in an incredible way. Um, I needed his mercy, and it says, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. Many of you will live, uh, ladies, good news for you, you live longer than most guys. Uh, Statistics show that the average uh, lifespan for uh, a woman in Arizona is about 81 years old. So if you're pushing 80 right now, um, good job. You're pretty healthy. Men, it's not so good news. Your life expectancy is 78. My question to you is, how will you live? How will you live the rest of your life? Would this Bible verse be true of your life? Could you say, would people say, Would your kids say, would your co-workers say, that's a person who loved the Lord? And I'll tell you why that he loved the Lord or she loved the Lord. Because God they would testify that they had a relationship with the Lord, that that their voice was heard, that God's mercy was available, that God interacted and connected with these individuals. Newsweek magazine says that religious people live on average about four years longer. Just the way God designed it is that when people have a faith group, they're emotionally, spiritually, physically more healthy people, and they generally live longer because they understand to live by God's design. Today, what I want to do is help you understand this phrase, calling. The scripture says that the psalmist David says, I will call on him as long as I live. Calling on him is asking God to act sometimes from a sense of desperation through prayer. When you call on the Lord, it's asking God to intervene. You're asking for the high King of heaven to do something. It could be through a prayer. It could be an unformulated prayer. How many of you have been driving down the road before and you're just thinking about your day and you say, God, today I need help. Maybe it's not a formal prayer. Maybe it's more of an informal prayer. But God hears your voice and you're calling on Him You should call upon Him in every season, every situation you find yourself, God, I need you to act. It's highlighting God's majesty and His power and your inability to change things. What you need is a God that does extraordinary things that are beyond your power, that are beyond your limitations, and and acknowledging that. When we call on Him, that's an act of prayer, formal or informal. It's calling on him to act out of a sense of desperation through prayer. I used to think that being desperate was not a good thing because you kind of always act like you're desperate and, oh, you know, maybe stressed or kind of fidgety or whatever. But before God, it's a good idea to be desperate because if we are not desperate and we try to do everything ourselves, then where does that give God room to act What we tend to do, instead of calling upon him, we call upon ourselves. We don't call upon him oftentimes. We forget. Why do we forget? Maybe we think that God doesn't really hear our voice. Maybe we think that God really cannot act. Well, the Bible tells us that God will act and God does act. And he intervenes into our lives in extraordinary ways. And here today, I'm just here to encourage you and challenge you to think about how will you live the rest of your life? What will be characterized about your life? Did you know that loving the Lord is really our first and our greatest responsibility, according to Jesus? Loving the Lord. Loving the Lord is the business of every believer. Unbelievers don't love the Lord. When you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this phrase rolling off your tongue should be normal and natural. Lord, I love you. It's not hard for me to say I love you to somebody because I experience God's love in a very great way. Loving the Lord is the connection between the first greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment. Look what Jesus said when asked about the greatest commandment. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love, note that word, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. Your greatest responsibility in life is learning how to love the Lord. Some of you husbands, you have to learn how to love your wife. Some of you wives need to learn how to love your husband. And we could all testify that takes a lifetime sometimes to really learn. Same way with our kids. In each season that they grow up in, you learn to love. The business of a believer is to declare that love and to demonstrate that love. Jesus says this is the greatest in the first commandment and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus looked back to the, all the, the law and the prophetic scriptures and says everything hinges on this. How well do you love? Could it be true for your life that people would notice, take recognition and say that person loves the Lord. That would be a good legacy. And then the question comes is why. Some of you have been a Christian for a very long time. My question to you is, what's your story? What's your testimony? How did God hear your voice? How has he responded? How has the Lord responded? And when you called upon him for mercy, you've seen God respond and grant mercy. If you're so distant and far away from your story of how God's intervened into your life you're missing a great opportunity for you to share and show the love of Jesus Christ through your personal story. So here comes the question, why should we or why ought we love God for a lifetime? I'm calling on you to make your whole business as a believer to declare and to demonstrate your love for God. Number one is our voice matters to God. Your voice, my voice, it matters to God. You'll spend, uh, you'll have 50 to 70,000 thoughts that cross through your mind. You'll speak so many words throughout the day. And you're, you need to know that your voice matters to God. The Bible says is that you, have, you were made in his image, formed and fashioned in your, mo- in your mother's womb before everything, before you ever came to be, God had planned, predestined, and purposed you before you were ever born. And that you have a unique handprint, you have a unique fingerprint you have a unique footprint, and you have a unique voice print. Everything about you, God knows, God loves. He is omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And that you need to know that God really does value your, your voice. Your voice matters to him. Recently, I saw a TV show called The Voice. And I was a little discouraged when I saw what happened. There's in, in, the, in the TV episode, there's a, a young singer who's trying out their skills and their vocal talent, and they sing. And in order to get the attention of the, content, or the, 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 the judges or whatnot, uh, they'll sing really well. And if they do good, the judges will hit the button, and then the chair turns around. They see the wonderful sound or the singing of this person. Unfortunately, on this episode, uh, very few judges uh, turned around. The voice wasn't really that great. What you need to know is that God's not looking for a pitch perfect voice. Some of you feel unworthy. uh, You're unworthy or you feel like maybe that you're unfaithful and so God doesn't want to hear your voice. What you need to know is that God's mercies are new every single day. Why should we love the Lord? We should love the Lord because His mercies are new every day. So let's look at that second second point real quick. God's mercies are new every single day. What is mercy? Mercy is a divine quality by which God faithfully keeps His promises and displays His goodness to believers despite their unworthiness and unfaithfulness. It's when you feel unworthy, God can still demonstrate His mercy. Mercy means that you're acknowledging that you've been unfaithful or unworthy, but in despite of it, God demonstrates his faithfulness in the midst of it. You need to know that God is merciful. The psalmist is crying out for God's mercy. Let's look at the passage. The psalmist David declares, he says, God's mercies are new every day, and he says, I love the Lord. Here's why because he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. David was said to be one of the greatest uh, kings of Israel. He's not at all perfect by any means. In fact, David's life was um, tainted by scandal, adultery, uh, lying, and stealing. David is a person, King David, the great warrior poet, who when he said these words, he meant it with all Every fiber in his being. He needed God's mercy to act. He needed God to intervene because he was unworthy. He was unfaithful. He was elevated to the position and the power of king, of Israel. If God can work mercy in the life of an individual like King David or like me, he can show off and show up and demonstrate his mercy in your life. Why will you call upon the Lord as long as you live? First, is because your voice matters to God. Second, because God's mercy is new every single day. Scripture tells us that because of the Lord's great faithfulness, we are not consumed for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every single day when you wake up, you need to know there's an incredible surplus of God's mercy over your life as a believer in Christ. That His compassion never fails. God has this way about Him that is far beyond normal for the human experience. But every single day, there's an abundance of God's grace and His mercy. There's no limit to it. When we think about how the Phoenix Valley survives and thrives, it's because of the water, the, the reservoirs, the aquifers that the canals channel and bring life. And sometimes we worry: Will there be enough for the next twenty years, for the next generation, in God's world, in God's economy? The grace and the mercy is an endless reservoir, an endless aquifer for mercy. There's no limit to His love. There's no, there's no depth that you could find the bottom of His mercy. Recently, I heard a story of a woman uh, after a service and she told me that she was struggling with this illness and she had set, sought medical attention and doctors couldn't find a remedy and she was in tremendous pain. And she said to me that, you know what, I've prayed and I've sought the Lord and I've asked for His help and His healing and that the Lord hasn't healed me yet. And then she said to me, but this has happened I've been a part of this church now for a short period of time and I've experienced His mercy and His goodness and His kindness through the love and the support of different people within this church that have cared for me like I could have never experienced before. And to me, I walked away from that and I said, God's mercy is new every single day. Sometimes you need to look for God's mercy in a very plain and simple way that His compassion for you never fails, that you have to have the eyes And the ears to see and to hear what God's doing and how he wants to display his mercy and his compassion. Be on the lookout for God's mercy and his compassion in your life. You need to know that God isn't stingy with mercy or compassion. He isn't a, a vindictive God either that tries to put you through these terrible trials to display his mercy and his compassion or his grace. As a younger brother... Back in, growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas, um, my older brother was a big brother, and we played this game called Mercy. How many of you ever played the game called Mercy? Raise your hand. Okay. When you are the little brother and you decide to play Mercy with your big brother, sometimes it doesn't go well. I used to play Mercy with my older brother, Rob, and for whatever reason, he hit a growth spurt when he was a teenager a lot faster than I did. I was kind of a shrimpo. And so I was still lean lean and just a you know a, just a skinny guy still still you know putting weight on me is not very easy so i'm playing mercy with my brother growing up and the way you play mercy is that you basically you get your you get your hands and you lock them together and you weave your fingers into each other and then you try to overpower one another and then you overpower one another and you try to lift them up And the big brother, Rob, he was, he would always grab me, turn my hands around, pull me up, and, you know, try to rip off my fingers. And then he would say, yell mercy. And I was stubborn, and I was tired of being the little brother. I wanted to overcome him, so I would be trying to turn my hands up to get him and then turn them down, do whatever I could. You'd be spinning each other around. The next thing you know, you feel like your fingers are going to get ripped off. My older brother would be yelling, yell mercy, yell mercy, yell mercy. Here's what I want to tell you is God's not like that. God doesn't put you through a situation where he's demanding that you cry out mercy and somehow demonstrate your power and your prowess and your strength to display mercy. God has an abundance of mercy. He's described as a good father that loves and cares for you, and he wants to meet you in the misery and grant you mercy. He doesn't torture you like that. It doesn't mean that he won't protect you at times from a trial or a test. He will use those, but to minister his mercy in the midst of it. He's not a vindictive God. He's not on the edge of his seat trying to pounce on you. He's a loving, caring Lord, He is. And the psalmist David says that when he cried out for, there was his, God heard His voice and his pleas for mercy. I want to encourage you as well why we ought to live for the Lord and love Him for a lifetime is lastly, as we need to understand that God inclines Himself towards us. You and me. The psalmist says in verse 2, Why he loves the Lord, he gives the reason. He says, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. Do you know the Lord? Is he your friend? Is he your savior? Do you know that he cares for you? Do you know that he hears your voice? Do you know that he knows what you're going to say before you even say it? Do you know that he knows your voice and even the mummers and the unformulated prayers and that he actually has inclined himself towards you? He has some kind of disposition for you that no human on the, on the planet earth has for you. You are the very top of his creation. He loves you with an, an unordinary kind of love. It's a faithfulness that's demonstrated in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It's an unending love. And for some reason, God himself is not some distant clockmaker who made the world and then backed off, or some absentee landlord that just says, go and roam the world. And maybe I'll hear you if you're pitch perfect. He's not like that at all. He inclines his ear to me, the psalmist David says, Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. Let me ask you a question. Do you love the Lord? That phrase ought to be so easy for us to say. But oh, so often we distance ourselves from God's goodness, God's grace, our story of redemption, our story of rescue, that we fail to remember the greatness of God's grace, the majesty of his mercy, and we fail to see, this is how great God is. Your most powerful witness won't be and how theologically astute you are or biblically based you are, but it'll be your personal connection to the living Lord. That you can say, I love the Lord. That's the business of every believer. The greatest commandment in the scriptures, Jesus said. Everything hinges on that. Your ability to love people will be predetermined by how much you love the Lord. That ought to roll off our tongues. That ought to come out of our heart. And so what if you don't feel that way? What if you don't feel like you really love the Lord? What can you do? You can say, God, I want you to remind me of all the times that you heard my voice and that you answered me. I want you to remind me of how I've experienced your mercies. Your compassions are new every single day. I need to remember that so that Psalmist David says, because and therefore, words like that, to give reason and rhyme as to why he loves the Lord as long as he lives. The word incline means, is a, the psalmist David kind of paints this picture that God inclines himself towards us, that God stretches out towards us. That's incredible. God stretches out towards us or that he bends down towards us Or that he turns towards us. It's kind of the imagery of a sick patient and a great physician. Jesus is said to be the greatest physician. He's the healer, the helper. And we, his people, the Bible says that in our sins we're sick and lame and we need attention. And that we will always struggle and we need a power that is beyond our power. And so here we see the scripture is that God turns himself towards us. He bends down towards us. He stretches towards us. This is why we can love the Lord as long as we live. This is why we can call upon him as long as we live. No matter where you are, what part of the country or the world or what's going on in your circumstances, there is a God who is accessible. There is a God who is available. There is a God who is approachable and we can come to him. God inclines Himself. The psalmist gives us this imagery. King David does. that. God ministered to him in a very personal way. Years ago, I was on a mission trip. And let's look at that passage again. Psalms 116, 1-2. One says, God inclines Himself towards us in this. I love the Lord because He heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because He inclined His ear to me. Therefore, I will call on Him as long as I live. Years ago, I was on a mission trip, and I was halfway across the world. My wife wasn't with me. My kids weren't with me. And I got terribly sick, and I started to call upon the Lord. I needed help. Um, I was too nervous to go into the hospital. It felt like I had appendicitis or something terrible. And it it, it just disabled me. I couldn't do anything. Um, the church that we were ministering from was a church in Madrid, Spain, and the business uh, uh, guy that was kind of hosting us was an Italian designer. And he had international business uh, trade all throughout Europe. He was a really neat guy. And uh, he found out I was sick and said, why don't you guys bring Ryan over to my house? So I go to his house, and I was nervous because I knew how busy this guy was. And he said, I want to take care of you the rest of the day. And I said, no, you don't need to do that. But on the inside, I mean, I was just lying. I needed help. I mean, you've been there before. You're really sick. And you're like, no, I'm good. I got this. You're good. Go ahead. Meanwhile, on the inside, you're like, Lord, I don't know if I can make it. So here I am halfway across the world laying on this guy's couch, guy I really didn't know very well. But I knew he was a believer. He cancels his plan. And he said, it, "He said, if you need me, just raise your voice and I'll hear you from the other room, and I'll come to you. I'll bring you food, I'll bring you water, bring you whatever you need. And I felt the love of God that day like in a way I've never felt before. I was vulnerable. I felt like I was humbled. Had to cancel all my, tri- all my trip and my plans that day for speaking engagements at camps and different churches and what was going on. But more than that was this other guy that took out of his schedule to rearrange his schedule to accommodate himself towards me. I think that's the picture that we need to see with our Heavenly Father. That out of His world, you think maybe in the, the billions of people on the world, God would slow down and spend time with you? You think God would take that time to accommodate Himself to you? The psalmist David tells us so. That God inclines Himself towards us. He hears our voice. And therefore, He says, I'll call on Him as long as I live. I think of the story of Jonah. Jonah was a great prophet he was called by God to preach a message to Nineveh for people to turn away from their sins and believe in the Lord. And Jonah went the opposite direction. And God was gonna use this experience so that Jonah would call upon him, call upon the Lord. Jonah runs away from the Lord, jumps on a boat, goes away from Nineveh as far as he can go. A massive storm hits. And then in the midst of that, the the sailors realize this guy's bad luck. They're gonna throw him overboard in a massive storm in the ocean. Jonah is going to drown to death, but God sends in his mercy, most people don't see it as this, but a whale to save and preserve his life. And from the belly of a whale, Jonah cries out a prayer and pleading and calling upon the name of the Lord to act, to demonstrate his mercy. And God uses that experience. Jonah then goes back and follows in obedience and God preserves and protects his life. My encouragement to you is to call on him as long as you live. He's worth loving. He's worth giving an entire lifetime forward. Fathers, you have a legacy to leave as a dad. The greatest thing your kids could say about you is, Dad loved the Lord. Looking back over my life and seeing how my dad raised me is that he taught me things about the Bible, mainly by bringing me to church. But I rebelled against my parents. And I did my own thing. And my dad from time to time would, you know, be coached or coerced by my mom to sit down around Christmas time and open the Bible and try to tell us what Christmas was all about. But that didn't convince me to live for the Lord or love the Lord. What convinced me to live for the Lord and love the Lord was watching my mom and my dad live their faith and my dad saying things like, Ryan, God is good. Ryan, Your mom and I, we love the Lord. And we've seen His faithfulness year after year, season after season. My question to you is, could it be true for you that as long as you live, you would say with a boldness and a confidence, I love the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. I pray for just the devotion of every believer here, that their love for You would increase. And God, that would be a great legacy. And as that love for You increases, Lord, might they be reminded, stir their hearts, stir their minds, stir their affections, to remember of Your mercy, Your ministry to them, that how You have answered their prayers, how You have ministered here with God's Your grace and Your mercy for over the years. And so I pray out of that, Lord, that they would see Your goodness, Your compassion, Your mercy new every single day. And Lord, might they call upon Your name as long as they live. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.